Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, uh, everybody. Once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is my good buddy in crime, uh, LPJ professional Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? Great, Ted. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We've got another great show. We're going to be joined by two uh, wonderful young ladies. Uh, first up, of course, is going to be joining us is Fatima Fernandez-Cano. Uh, she won, as you may recall, Cindy, the 2020 IOA Championship was her first win. And uh, then we're going to be joined later on by former LPJ uh, touring professional Jane Blaylock is going to be joining us back on the show as well. She hasn't been here for a while, Cindy, so I'm excited to catch up with her. Um, but uh, before we uh, bring Fatima on, uh, what's cooking up in Buffalo? It's fall, and um, <laughs> things, things are slowing down a little bit, and it's really kind of nice to be able to take a breath. So but you're spinning one plate instead great. of two plates. <laughs> well, maybe Is that the idea? Instead of four. Maybe three right. instead of four. <laughs> right. But I'm good. Always, How about you? Yeah, you that's doing? good. Doing very well. Same thing. It's starting to, thankfully, uh, slow a little bit in some ways, but um, uh, always uh, always excited to be here with you every Tuesday. So, um, as I mentioned, our very special guest uh, is uh, Fatima Fernandez-Cano. She won the 2020 uh, IOA Championship, and uh, she's grinding it out again this year, uh, trying to do her best as she gets ready to I think actually they're getting ready on the Symmetra Tour to close out their season here shortly. So let's bring her out, Cindy, and we'll catch up with her and see uh, how she's doing this year. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. Where are you? I am currently in Birmingham in Alabama. We have the Symmetra Tour uh, here in the state of Alabama in Prattville, which is only like an hour and 15 from where I live. Uh, So I've been taking advantage of of being home as much as I can. That's good. How many events do you have left? We have four events left. So we're playing Alabama this week. We'll go to Arkansas next week. And then we have the final two will be North Carolina and then the tour championship down in uh, Daytona in Florida. Uh, So just four more, the last stretch, last sprint of the season, and uh, hopefully it goes well. Awesome, 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 awesome. Ted? So, Fatima, let me ask you, uh, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. of course, you won uh, last season the Iowa Championship, and I know that was very exciting for you. Give us an overall view of your play this year. What's been happening this year? How, 
How are you feeling about your game? Uh, and what do you think you need to do, if anything, different uh, in this final stretch to maybe try to close out the season with another win? Yeah, I've, I've been playing really well. Last year was super exciting for me because I finally got that win. I finally got in that uh, second spot in the rankings in the top five that would get our car for this year, uh, technically. But, of course, with COVID and everything going on, we did not get a full car like we usually do. Um, any, any given year, a top ten will get their full cars into the LPGA, but that didn't happen. So we didn't get as good a category as uh, we usually do, unfortunately. Um, so I kind of started this year not knowing what I was going to do, whether I was going to split time to match on LPGA or what I was going to do. But since I didn't get into any LPGA events early on, I decided to stick with the symmetry, and I was playing really well. Uh, like, I started the season with a third place, and I had a few top fives, a bunch of top tens. So I stayed in the top ten, even though I haven't won yet. Uh, hopefully that comes here in the next four tournaments. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the top ten. I'm still in fourth place. So, like, in my opinion, in a good spot to get my full car for next year. Uh, now it would be really cool to finally get it done uh, this season because I've been really close. I was in a playoff. Uh, but a couple months ago, uh, for first place, of course, I was, you know, super close uh, to, to get that win, and I haven't been able to close it, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, just very mm-hmm. solid golf. So I think I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. I'll uh, have a few more putts drop, of course, and, and, and hopefully I'll get it done here in the next four tournaments. But if not, I mean, I'm really happy with my season. I've been playing very consistent. And like I said, like the goal for this year is to get my full card for next year finally, and, and hopefully we're on track. Uh, and hopefully we'll get that done. Uh, so, I mean, whether I win or not, I think it's been a successful season so far. Uh, but it would be really, really cool, of course, to finish first in, in one of the last four events. I, I couldn't agree doing... more. I think that yeah, – go ahead, Cindy. Sorry for talking over. Um, what are you doing really well that's giving you the confidence and assurance that this is what you're supposed to do for a living? Um, well, I feel like being so close to winning has given me the reassurance that I can actually do this. Like, I'm shooting on the par more often than I'm not. Uh, this year, I've been a little bit of distance off the tee, which has made my life a little easier. But when it comes to going into the greens and stuff like that, my, uh, my strength has always been my, my iron game, and I'm hitting a lot of greens. I'm just giving myself so many chances uh, that I think, you know, even having, I haven't won on the Symmetra yet, and I'm still fourth in the rankings. I think that says a lot about how consistent I am, how mm-hmm. consistent I can be. And even though I haven't won yet, you can make a lot of money on the LPGA by finishing second, third, and fifth. Uh, so hopefully I, I learn how to close it and, and I, can, I can carry that on to the LPGA. Uh, but I guess like knowing that I can compete at the higher level uh, has been huge for me. And what kind of made that difference, I guess, was last year facing so high in the leaderboard so often and, of course, getting that win. But also this year being so consistent, being out there the whole time, and also having – I got to play uh, one LPGA event. I got to play in the Dallas event on the LPGA, and I knew I didn't have my best stuff. I was a little nervous. It was my first regular season LPGA event. And even then, I was able to get it done, like not get it done. I was able to make the cut. I was able to finish in 35th, I think it was, something like that. So, like, wow. I kind of got back and thinking, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't think I had my best stuff by any means. I got a little unlucky. It was funny. I had to tee off one day at, like, 8.20 p.m. to play half a hole and then come back early in the morning the next day, which was, like, the day of the cut, which was, of course, a little more nervous even though I didn't want to think about it. Uh, so even though with all of that going on, I was able to still kind of play play well. Uh, showed, and I don't know how much how, how I finished, but maybe 2-300, I think. Um, I come in, like, 35th 
so I thought I was, that was pretty good for my first LPJ event. So that's when I was like, well, mm-hmm. I think I can, I can really, I can really compete out here, um, and hopefully I get to show that next year. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, com- yeah. Confidence is a big thing for team to um, have out there, and once you have that confidence, um, you know, it's just a matter of of those. Uh, uh, putts dropping in and, and that number one uh, spot coming into into focus again. So let me ask you, um, as you look back, I know you've, you've touched on a number of different things, but as you look back over this season, over the 21, uh, 2021 season, excuse me, is there anything specifically that you've learned this season that's really helping your game? And not so much, uh, obviously, confidence is one, but what about your game? What, what parts of your game are really, really coming through for you this season? Um, you know, I think it's been mentally more so than anything else. Like, I, I feel like I always okay. knew that I had the game. But like you say, confidence is a huge thing. And I think last year was a big year for me just to realize that, just because I really enjoyed myself out there. I was having fun. I wasn't really that worried about the outcome. I was just more enjoying, I mean, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but like just enjoying the walk, basically. And I felt lucky to be out there with everything going on with COVID. So I feel, I feel a little more grateful. And that kind of helped me mentally a little bit. And then this year... Um, I just learned to be patient just because it was easy for me to go back to feeling a little bit like a victim in a way because, yeah, I, I felt like I deserved my full car and I didn't get it, you know what I mean? So that was a little hard mm-hmm. at the very beginning, but then I went back to, like I said, just being grateful to be where I am. Like if, it, if my worst problem is that I get to try again to get my car in the symmetric tools and, you know, have it pretty good in a way. Um, so just to be patient, just to be grateful for what I have, uh, that helped me. And then I just kept getting better at golf in a way. I mean, I feel like the experience in this match over the last three to four years has, has helped me uh, to create confidence, to create my game, to know my game even better. Um, I, I can put my, my finger on something specific that, that, I've, that I've learned about my game. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've gained a little bit of distance. That has helped, that has helped uh, a whole lot. And then just the same patient. If the pass don't drop, they will. Um, if you, I mean, I've gone through like a rough patch this year when it comes to playing. Like I started playing really well. Then I missed the cut and, and had a few things that were not that great. But just telling myself that it's going to be okay, that it, first of all, it's just golf. And, and second of all, it'll, it'll come back. And it, it sure did. So just like understanding that everything goes up and down. It's just a matter of trending up, basically. That's, I think that's how I look at it and, and how I, I want to continue to look at it. How did wow, you what a great <laughs> Go ahead, Cindy, repeat yeah, that. Sorry. How did you gain the distance? Uh, I've been I've been working hard in the gym with my new trainer with Alex. I guess we've been working together for a year and a half now. Um and that like working in the gym, getting a little stronger, um actually putting the work in it. I mean, I, it's funny if you ask my, my teller you that he would not believe that I'm spending three to four days a week in the gym because I used to hate it. Um, but I am, I'm enjoying it. I'm getting stronger and I feel like I'm getting a little bit of distance and that's helped me on the golf course. So, I mean, everything is trending up. So I really like it. Awesome. That's Ted. fantastic. Yeah. What, what a great, uh, you know, answer, um, you know, to, to that question um, about confidence and, and just feeling, you know, really um, comfortable within yourself. You know, so many players, you know, we, that we talk to, Fatima, uh, you know, talk about how they're struggling here and struggling. And, you know, throughout this, this interview so far, there's not really been any negative, um, 
you know, responses or negative. It's all been positive reinforcement. And that's really what you need to carry you through. And I like the fact that you said, mm-hmm. you know what, it's just a game. It's just golf. It's not, you know, uh, it's not a, um, you know, the end of the world, uh, sort of speak. And I think if you continue to have that positive um, momentum going, win, lose, or draw, you're going to have a very, very successful career. I have no doubt in that. So outside of the golf course, obviously, you know, you're playing golf and that's your, your passion and that's your career. What else do you do for fun? Um, I love, I love traveling. I, got, I love getting to know new places. I love hiking. Uh, I got into hiking a little bit more last year with COVID and everything just because it was outside, it was safer, and it was mm-hmm. one of the few things that we were able to do. Um, so I got into, into hiking a little more. Uh, so now every time I am close to like a national park in a tournament, I try and go there and do a couple hikes, uh, get into know new places. Like I said, it's, it's a bit of my passion. Like last time we were in Idaho, I spent, we had two weeks after our Idaho event. So we, a few friends and I just went over to uh, Olympic National Park and spent a couple of days hiking there. So I feel like that's something that I've taken from golf is that we were able to travel so much that I wanted to not just travel to the golf course in the hotel or the Airbnb or wherever I'm staying. It was more like, yeah, I get to travel. Let me actually get to know the U.S., get to know the world in a way. Uh, so I love doing that, doing small hikes, even uh, when I'm in, in, in competition in, in, my, in my tournaments. I really love doing that. Um, something that relaxes me a lot is to, do, to go paddleboarding. Um, every time I get to drive mm-hmm. to the events, I bring my inflatable paddleboard with me, and it's, it's just fun. <laughs> I think it's good exercise, and it's just very relaxing. So I think... In general, just being outside. I love being outside, uh, when, and which is good because I play golf for a living. So I guess that's a good thing. Well, that's another great answer. And, and you know, you have to have something, um, you know, to be a little bit of a distraction from golf. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. golf is, is what you're really passionate about, and that's what you want to do well, and that's your career that you've chosen at this point uh, in your life. Uh, but you have to have outside interests, uh, I would agree, and I think that's great. And, um, mm-hmm. and hiking Again, nothing beats being out with nature and um, mm-hmm. and just enjoying yourself and being with friends and things like that. So I want to ask you, um, and I don't know whether you follow a lot of stats or uh, pay attention to a lot of the information that the golf industry puts out, but one of the interesting stats last year, um, despite going through COVID, was that there were a little more than 400,000 young women and women in general that came to the game. That and that doesn't mean tournament play, oh, wow. but that just uh, took up golf and in 2020. So that's a huge amount. So mm-hmm. as somebody who is a player and in golf, and obviously not everybody is going to get to your level, what advice would you give to young girls that may be listening that are interested in taking up, that maybe haven't quite crossed that line yet? What would you say to them? What would the conversation be if they said, well, what's so cool about golf or why would I want to play golf? What would you say to them? My first advice is always have fun. First of all, whether that is to somebody, to some younger girl that is starting to get into competition and actually taking it seriously or somebody that is just starting to pick it up. Uh, just have fun. I mean, I'm lucky enough to may, have made so many friends through golf, which is, I think, what kept me in the game. When I was very young, I just loved hanging out with my friends, playing with them. Uh, so that was what, what kind of like got me interested. And then, of course, working towards a goal. For me, it was a goal of coming to the States, getting a scholarship, and then later on, of course, getting to do it for a living. But, I mean, just to 
should not forget it's a game. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Like, I hate it when, when we start uh, start somebody in the game and we give him all these rules. Like, honestly, just pick up a club and hit it. Like, just either try to hit as far <laughs> as you want, if that's, if that's your thing, or try to hit targets, if that's your thing. But obviously, just have fun. And if you want to go out and play two or three holes, go out and play two or three holes if you get a chance to be in a club that allows you to do that. If you want to go to a par three course and just, you know, play a quick nine holes in an hour, just do that. Like, do what what you think it's fun. And then, of course, once they start getting this more seriously, then, of course, uh, work hard. Uh, but also don't forget that it's a game. For little kids, I feel like just like like they need to have a little more fun. There is many rules to golf, and there is many things that golf teaches us uh, that, I, that I'm very thankful that, that I play golf because I feel like it teaches you more. It's, it's just beyond the sport, basically. Uh, but in a way, just make sure they have fun, you know, have a big group of girls playing together. I feel like that's the best thing in the world. I couldn't agree more. What some what uh, some great advice. I, I just have one more question, sort of along the same lines, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to make a, a special note. Um, you were the Sun Belt Conference Freshman of the Year when you played for the Trojans at Troy University. Uh, had a very successful mm-hmm. uh, collegiate career. So, taking along that same theme of of young women coming in. Let's take it a step further, and what would you say to a young girl that says, I really have aspirations of playing tournament golf. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, you know, trying to compete to get into a, a good collegiate program uh, and then see where it takes me from there. What advice would you give her? Uh, that would be more on the lines of work hard. That it, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be glamorous, and it's, it's going to take a lot of early mornings and sometimes late nights working hard. Um, but that is worth it. Uh, so of course, don't forget to have fun because, like I said before, at the end of the game, is, at the end of the day, it's just a game. And that I even keep reminding myself of that. Like it's just golf, and there's so many more things beyond that uh, that that I need to focus on sometimes. But like it's just golf. And but yeah, if you want to take it seriously, if you want to get to the next level, it's gonna take some hard work. But also know that it's worth it. In my opinion, it was worth it. And whether I finish my career tomorrow or I finish it in 20 years, or it's already been worth it because it's taking me to so many places. And, and giving me so many opportunities uh, that while it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of missed parties and stuff like that, it's just worth it. <laughs> I, I, think that's some, I think that's some great advice. Cindy, don't you <laughs> – I mean, you, you've got to love, Cindy, you've got to love Fatima's uh, very upbeat, very positive attitude. I mean, what a great spokesman uh, for women's <laughs> golf. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you have a goal for 2023. What would that goal be? <laughs> yes. Uh, when I was watching the Stolham here in my house, um, I <laughs> love watching it, but I hated watching it because of that meant that I couldn't be there. Um, so 2023, um, I would love to play in the Stolham Cup in my home country of Spain, of course. Um, that is a goal that I started, that I started like, as soon as, as that final, not final putt, but as soon as Matilda uh, made that putt uh, a couple of weeks ago, I literally uh, went to the golf course and said, okay, let's, let's get to practice. Let's get to work. <laughs> we need to do this. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I'm going to come watch you play. I was lucky enough to be an observer with the referee on uh, Monday, the final round with Jessica Corda and Charlie Hall. So I was mm-hmm. inside the ropes observing their match, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Okay. So I hope to see you in person in Spain in two years. 
I hope so too. <laughs> that would be great. That's fantastic. Dad. That's fantastic. Yeah, and and you know, Fatima, I think what what's really very refreshing, you know, hearing you talk about. Um, obviously, you're very passionate about the game, but you're also very realistic and and recognize again that it is just a game, and and obviously it's important to you. I don't I don't want to you know uh, sell you short mm-hmm. there, but. Um, you understand that it's not, again, the end of the world. If something doesn't go the way you want it, you just sort of pick yourself up and say, okay, you know what? There's another tournament down the road. I'm going to focus on that now. This one's over. Nothing I can do to change the outcome here. So let me move forward and let me just go out and have some fun. So what are some other goals? I mean, obviously, I know you want to get out full-time on the LPJ Tour, but do you have uh, a specific longer-term vision. Uh, again, obviously, the uh, Solheim Cup is one that you want to get in. Is there something else that's really catching your eye that you want to uh, uh, move towards or are trying to move towards? Um, yeah, I have a couple of things that I've kind of, I mean, I guess they they started as a dream and became more of a goal uh, that I'm working towards. The One of them, I feel like ever since golf became an, an Olympic sport, I guess, um, has been to represent Spain in the Olympics. Um, I feel like that would be the coolest thing as an athlete to go and represent Spain. That would be huge. Um, and then another one, I just I want to get to be the number one. Like I know I take it. I mean I take golf seriously, of course. And while I say it's not the end of the world, sure. the world if I don't do it because it's really not. But um, I I mean getting to be the number one in the world, of course. I I want to be the best. Like I, I'm working towards just being the best. And I think part of it is because I feel like I could I could influence some some other little girls, you know, to pick it up. But in a way, just make things better. Like, golf has given me so much that I wish I could I could uh, have somebody else pick it up so they can give them so, as much as, they, as golf has given me. Uh, but, yes, I guess my goals represent my country or my continent, I guess, Europe, is, has always been uh, huge for me. I've always had so much fun representing Spain in my team competitions that I used to have uh, as an amateur. Um, and literally just getting to be the best. I want to be on top. Um, I want to win. Um, so, yes. Uh, those two would be would be huge. I think that's fantastic. Um, I I just have uh, one more question. Um, when you look back, and I mean way back when you first became interested in golf, who was your motivator? Um, both in your in your family, was there somebody in your family that really uh, helped you along, motivated you, really helped uh, get you started? And who else, um, maybe in the golf world, really inspired you? to do what you're doing today? You know, it's funny um, just because some, like I said, when I ask that question to some other people, they're, they're used to watching golf on TV. So like that's kind of how they grew up doing. Back home, I don't remember having the golf channel in my house that often because it was, you had to pay for it, and I don't think we'd pay for it in my house. Uh, so I didn't really get to watch <laughs> uh, that my golf growing up. I just kind of played it at the, at the small country club we used to have because my, my mom used to play when she was younger. My parents used to play. My brothers used to play as well. Now I'm the only one that plays, basically. But that's kind of how I picked it up. And then, like I said, just having friends in the game, getting to travel to different places, and then later on, um, in a way, it was to – be able to live the experience that I live here in the States with a scholarship. Like I, I couldn't have come to the States to play golf collegiately if, I mean, had I not had a scholarship. So I knew I had to work a little harder to do that. Um, and, and, and I did. So I guess I had different motivators in, in my life. Also a person that I kind of looked at when I was younger is my coach, Patchy. Uh, he kind of made me enjoy the game, made me see the Golf, the game of golf the way I see it right now, which is more of a feeling situation than more so technique or anything like that. 
Um, so he taught me so like so much that I'm just very grateful to him. Um, so I guess, yeah, you know, I just picked it up because my parents used to play, my brothers used to play, um, play with them, with my friends, and then just continue to have small goals to work towards throughout my career. Great. Again, a great answer. Um, Cindy, any final questions or, or uh, comments that you want to make? No, just good luck. You're going to do this. Thank this you. This is awesome. And I'll see you in <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, I think she, I think she will. You know, uh, I, I can't say enough. I think it's very refreshing to hear somebody with such a positive attitude uh, in life, not just golf, but just in life in general. And you're so right that you know it's it's about going out uh, and having fun. And I think unfortunately, a lot of our amateurs out there get so caught up in the mechanics of the swing and and all the stuff. And if they're not sinking every putt the way they think they should. They're unhappy and they're frustrated, and and you just come out with such a, a breath of fresh air and such a positive outlook uh, on life and and obviously the game of golf. Um, you're you're going to go far. You're going to do well, and I think all of your dreams and and all of your aspirations I think are going to come true. And and uh, just keep doing all the hard work that you're doing, and but make more importantly go out and have some fun. But Fatima, thank you very much for for joining us, and go out and win a tournament before the end of the season uh, this year, right. and you'll be able to come back and have a have another chat with us how's that that's right i mean i would i would love that i would love that thank you so much for having me you're very welcome have a all right good luck all right that was uh fatima fernandez cano uh winner as i said of the 2020 ioa championship um incredible young lady don't you agree cindy absolutely absolutely i mean what a what a ball of energy too. I mean, just really um, upbeat and excited, and not a not a negative word came out of her mouth. I swear, not a negative word came out of her mouth. And it's you know, she's exactly right. It's 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 you know, depending on what your goals are. I mean, obviously, the, you know, if you want to play at the highest level, you've got to work hard, and it's not easy. And sometimes you've got to sacrifice some other things, uh, you know, along the way, if you really want to be the best of the best. Um, but at the same time, um, you've got to have outside interests and go out and have some fun and uh, spend time with family and friends. And and, um, and, and I think one thing that really uh, resonated, uh, again, it's not all glamour, but the one thing that she really appreciates is the fact of all the things and places that she's seen and is getting to go and experiences she's getting to have um, that she might not have had um, had she not taken this career path. What do you think? She's grateful. That's what it is. I agree. All right, we're going to take a quick short break, and then we're going to come back with our second guest, uh, Jane Blaylock. Hang on one sec. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. 
All right. Welcome back, everybody. And once again, we're joined uh, by another great guest, uh, Jane Blaylock. Uh, she's a former LPGA Tour champion who won 27 times on tour and is perhaps best known for her record 299 consecutive tournaments played without missing a cut. What an incredible accomplishment uh, in addition to all of those wins. Uh, and she's had such a huge impact on advancing women in the game. Uh, for the past two decades, she's uh, worked uh, with the uh, KPMG uh, Women's uh, PGA Championship Golf Clinics and also the Legends Tour, uh, which is, of course, the official senior tour of the LPGA. So, Cindy, let's welcome back our very special guest, Jane Blaylock. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to hear your voice. You too. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, well, the timing worked out well. So uh, happy, uh, always happy to uh, be on your show. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So tell us what you just finished over the weekend. Well, I let Annika tie me. <laughs> we had our. It's uh, <laughs> like the way I I position that uh, we had our BJ's Charity Championship. Um, a team event, 24 players, was just a fabulous field, um, just a one-day event. Um, BJ's raised uh, uh, nearly $3 million for their charitable foundation, uh, which is, you know, astounding. Uh, so we had, uh, you know, 12 two-person teams. So Annika teamed with Susie Whaley. We had Laura Davies with Chris Johnson. Julie Inkster uh, with Pat Hurst. And it was just more mm. fun. And, yes, honestly, Annika's team and my team both finished seven under. So uh, that's uh, there you go. Given my given my uh, kind of my tenure on the LPGA, I've never had the chance to play alongside or in an event with Annika. So now I have some bragging rights. Sure do. <laughs> that's awesome. Who was your partner? Uh, Patricia Manu Labouk. Um, those you know, if you don't know her, uh, she won the um, Craft Nabisco in the early 2000s. Actually, she beat Annika by a shot, and uh, mm. she's been living in the states now for you know 20 years. But she's from Dijon, France, and we actually met out at the. Um, they have a um, a junior competition, uh, the ANA, and they had paired you know two of our LPJ legends or past champions with um, two juniors. So we were in the same group and. Uh, I realized that fact she's almost 30 years younger. She hits a little farther than I do, so I uh, I figured I'd get a strong partner, which I did. However, Cindy, I got my magic wand going. I made uh, just a boatload of putts on the back nine, which made me feel very good. You have one of the best putting strokes I have ever, ever seen. Ted, she's amazing. She's amazing. Uh, she's always trying to hit it farther, and she putts like God. <laughs> well, we're always trying to hit That's, it better and farther and right. stronger. And uh, I, as you right. know, I get, I'm, I, I'm still working on it. Good. Did you change clubs? Uh, I have not changed clubs in a couple of years, but I okay. I may. We have um, Callaway Golf is now sponsor of our women's PGA clinics. And uh, so I received the clubs just a few weeks before the event, but you know it takes a while to make an adjustment. So uh, I figured to, uh, you know, 
protect my partner, I would just stick with my, my Zexios, which I have used for the last couple of years. But uh, I am excited about, uh, you know, working on my, uh, on my swing with the, uh, with the new Callaways. Well, I can tell you the new Callaways go further because I have them. And all of a sudden I'm getting well, it farther. And then, we know it's not because I'm working out. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they'll be in my bag sooner than later. Good. Ted, go ahead. So, Jane, uh, again, welcome uh, back to the show. We're, we're happy and excited to have you here, and it's been a little while, so um, I'm glad uh, that you were able to, to make it today. So let me ask you something. I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of the previous segment. We had a young lady on from the Symmetra Tour, and just, a, as I said, a real bundle of energy and uh, just really enjoys, has a deep passion for the game and just wants to go out there and obviously win, but more importantly, just wants to have fun and, and enjoyment. And I asked her a question, and I, I want to ask a similar question to you, and, and that is, you know, last year, despite all that's been going on with, with the pandemic, golf really saw a, a, a pretty substantial uptick in young women, particularly coming and being introduced to this game. Uh, and, and the numbers were roughly uh, 400,000 plus. So that's a big number. What, do you, what would you say if you were in – in front of a group of young women who are just sort of coming to the game, what advice would you give them um, on how they should approach it? Because you're obviously a former tour player. Um, and if they had aspirations of maybe making it uh, and playing tournament golf as you did, what advice would you give them? Well, I think you're using the word have fun and enjoyment because one thing that really pains me is seeing parents that push their kids into the game and uh, the kids really don't want to do it. They'd rather be playing soccer or lacrosse. And so it's, uh, you know, try the game and hopefully the parents will allow the kid, you know, get the kid a set of clubs, send the uh, the young women um, to, um, you know, is a, you know, the first T program, LPGA, USGA, Girls Golf, um, so they can kind of interact with their peers to make it fun, to make it feel a little social, and uh, and just to you know do it very gradually, um, and to realize that it's just um, it's you know great camaraderie, it's great exercise, and um, it's 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 fun you know to be to be with your friends. So uh, just with no pressure, with no expectations, just allow them to you know enjoy the game and see what happens from there. Mm -hmm. I I think that's a great answer. I couldn't agree more. Um, In addition to, obviously, uh, a lot of young girls that have come to the game, there was a lot of people, I mean, obviously, uh, golf uh, has been very blessed in this last year, year and a half, uh, with a, a substantial uptick in people just coming out and playing because, you know, they were tired of kind of being cooped up inside and just needed to get out. What can the industry do as a whole? Um, maybe currently what we're doing and maybe some other things that we are doing to really entice and keep these people interested. Some people obviously may fall by the wayside, but um, we've got a lot of new people that have never played this game before um, that have come out in the last year or so. They're playing golf. They're learning the game. What could we do, or if anything, as an industry to really keep them interested and make them feel welcome? Well, it's, I mean, I, I have many ways to answer that. But first, it's uh, it's a phenomenon that it took COVID to uh, to bring the golf game mm-hmm. back to where where it should be, 
And now, I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to get into a golf club. Uh, it's hard to receive golf clubs because of back orders of the demand. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I'm trying to order a bag I could carry. And it's like maybe I might get it in two months. Um, right. But the surge in the game, and those who are walking, and I think that's the greatest thing, encouraging more young people to caddy, encouraging more um, people to walk. So it's not just, you know, jumping into a golf cart at a, at a country club. It's now become part of our whole, you know, the country's emphasis on, on physical fitness. And uh, really making sure that, uh, you know, clubs in the past would have restrictions on times you could walk. Well, encourage it. Let's make sure that everyone is, uh, is out there walking. And um, I think the, um, the game's going to really, it's, I don't know if it's peaked or not. If it levels off, that's okay because uh, mm-hmm. the clubs are full. It's difficult to get tea times. All that sounds negative, but it's such a positive, and I don't foresee right. that changing. And I think, you know, earlier um, question about with the young people coming into the game, it's now become where it used to be a real family sport, something that you can all mm-hmm. share and you can do together. So I, I see nothing but, you know, positive things looking, you know, going ahead. Um, clubs offering, I'm seeing more and more, you know, clinics for, for young kids, junior clinics, mm-hmm. and just, you know, yep. clinics, of course, you know, what I do for a living, but even on a, a mm-hmm. local level with the golf professionals uh, encouraging, you know, more women um, to play, uh, pushing nine holes of golf where it's not an entire day. Um, so all those all those factors, I said, there's so many things I could add to, but that's just, I think, mm-hmm. the most important yeah, I think that uh, some great points as well. And and just to to add on uh, something about uh, a lot of the young uh, golfers, particularly the millennials coming in, they're really looking for um, that added experience. I mean, obviously they, ha- they have an interest in the game, um, but they're looking at uh, golf entertainment is now becoming uh, a really interesting part of the game. We've got uh, organizations like Top Golf, of course. Uh, uh, has really been leading the top tracer technology is something technology is really something that has uh, grappled this younger generation in um, what do you think about that I mean obviously we're all being exposed to it but um, I think this is something that we're going to see uh, really get ramped up even further uh, as time goes on what do you think about a lot of the technology that's coming into the game right now well, I think it's particularly for that age group. I think it's really good because I'm a, um, I'm not a, a techie. <laughs> Becky even playing right. with my partner this weekend. He's analyzing this and that, and let's. Right. I'm going, no, no, let's just. Um, but I think uh, you mentioned the top golf and and uh, the indoor. You know, you can play any golf course now indoors uh, with all those indoor you know, facilities. That's just anything yep. that can get people engaged and make it more exciting. I mean, you can even wear blue jeans in clubhouses now. It's all those right. little things that, that, that are important. And um, so I think the technology is very, is significant. Another uh, point on that technology, even with the equipment, uh, Laura Davies and I were having mm-hmm. dinner. And she said she hits it just as far today as she did when she was, uh, you know, winning, uh, you know, 80 tournaments worldwide. And she said, but certainly wow. it's her fitness. It's all about the the equipment. <laughs> so I think the fact that you get these high tech clubs is exciting for these, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that particular age group. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Tell us how your clinics, you run the KPMG PGA Golf Clinics for Women. Tell us how they are going this year and how many you have and how many participants. I'm fortunate enough to help teach it at a few of them. Give our audience a little, you know, heads up on that. Yeah, it's been, um, we have 12 clinics throughout the year. And we have had five to date. In fact, I've been leaving for Chicago this weekend um, for our clinic there. And it's amazing. And they have been full. They have been sold out, which is huge because we know what happened last year. Um, you know, you could, really couldn't congregate. So out of the 12, we actually had three last year. So they have been so well attended. And we fortunately have had good weather, which always helps. And um, it's been um I think that's another indication of the growth of the game because we're seeing more and more younger women. I mean, our age group probably goes from 22 to 75. We have all types of ages. And, uh, you know, it is primarily for women um, in business who really want to uh, become more familiar with the game of golf because it's just a great relationship development tool and certainly helps in various conversations uh, at the water cooler, so to speak. Um, but it's not just the number of attendees, the enthusiasm, the eagerness to learn, and the feedback we've had at the end of the day. So uh, that's something, um, you know, I'm proud of my LPGA record, but uh, I'm even more proud of creating this this great program that um, encourages women to learn the game of golf. And I think, Cindy, you certainly have seen it. We have um, about 30% of women who have never played golf who are attending. Uh, and that's because they want to learn. So uh, I think that's why we have lasted so long, why it's been so successful such a period of time, because we have certainly have all skill levels, and it's not just for advanced golfers. Awesome. Awesome. Ted? So, Jane, let me ask you, let's, uh, just to continue on with that, what are some of the um, – because you obviously get a chance to talk with a lot of different women uh, of different uh, skill levels and so forth. What are some of the biggest, um, and I'm trying to think of how I want to say this, but what are some of the biggest fears that women have, um, especially new women uh, coming to the game, uh, about getting out in the golf course? What are some of the apprehension? Um, is it just nervousness? Is it just not wanting to look you know, make a fool of themselves because they can't play very well quite yet. What's some of the biggest concerns that you hear in these clinics? Yeah, primarily that they wouldn't be good enough. And uh, I quickly, uh, you know, uh, attend to that question because I said, do you think all those guys that we have, Cindy and I have played with during our LPGA <laughs> careers are, are good enough? The answer is no. They're just not going to miss out on opportunity for the bonding and, you know, to be with their clients or potential clients or their, you know, their peers. So it is that um, women who are new to the game, it's a little intimidating. And so mm -hmm. the clinics, we teach them much more than the golf swing. It's like, where do you stand? What do you do? What do you wear? All those little things that are, that are so very important. And they don't want to, uh, you know, I encourage them to uh, accept the invitation to play golf and invite a client. And they don't want to feel uncomfortable or, you know, to embarrass themselves in front of any of their peers. So uh, sure. it's it's gradual. 
So I said, just go ahead and, you know, try it once or twice. And that's some of the great feedback that we've had that, that it's okay. And not everyone is, is, a, is a good player. So um, you've got to start somewhere. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I like it that they take on when they agree to come to a clinic or take on the challenge, they're going into kind of uncharted territory, taking risk. And once you do that and you realize it's not painful, but doesn't hurt, then it, it certainly helps you in other areas. It helps you when you're, it helps you in your, your work. Then it's okay to take risks. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's much more than just the risk on the golf course. It, uh, it transcends uh, the game of golf. Yeah, and I think, uh, once, uh, I think once a lot of the, the women get through, uh, sort of step out of the box a little bit and get over that initial hurdle of, of feeling a little bit uncomfortable or, or not at ease um, because they don't think they're going to be able to, to uh, play very well, um, I think once they, they realize, hey, this is a lot of fun, um, then it's sort of like the floodgates open and they're just out there and, and having a good time. Um, again, you, you've done a lot of these clinics, as I know uh, Cindy's done a lot of different clinics and that. Do women approach the game of golf differently than the men? And I'll give you an example. The men you know, sort of have that John Daly grip it and rip it, and they're all about the power game and how far they can hit it and that. Do women approach golf differently, do you think, than what men do? Their motives are different? Oh, absolutely. Most of the guys, they just want to, you know, smack it. You said hit it a long way. And that's why right. when we do even pro-am events, um, you know, the guys, they want to um, just go to the range and beat a few balls. They want to go play. Um, if we offer an exhibition among some of our LPJ legends, they don't want to watch that. They just want to go play on their own, where women would tend to be a little more methodical, a little more strategic, mm-hmm. and okay, I want to take – you know, I want to learn how to putt. I want to learn how to chip. I want to learn, um, you know, just how to hit the ball. I want to get the ball in the air. And uh, they they don't expect that they'll, you know, add a room to be built in a day. So I think they're much more patient right. in their approach to the game. Right. I, I think that's a great uh, a great answer. I just have one more quick question, and then, Cindy, I'm going to toss it back to you. Um, there are obviously a lot of men that play the game, uh, and there's some wives out there that maybe would like to, maybe are a little apprehensive about playing because they, they've never been uh, out on the golf course before, um, but they want to really have some good quality time with their husband. This is a great way to do it. What would you say to encourage these women who husbands play, they want to have sort of a, a good bonding experience out on the golf course, but because they don't play or haven't played yet, um, are a little apprehensive about sort of stepping in on his um, uh, territory, if you will. What would you say to those wives out there? I would say to go to one of Cindy's clinics <laughs> or, or come <laughs> to one of our clinics uh, to learn away from your husband, your partner, um, and right. take some lessons, get involved, you know, find some of your girlfriends to play with uh, before you go play with your husband because if he's a golfer, he's going to start telling her what to do. And right. that's, the, that, that's like a divorce <laughs> coming. <laughs> so uh, it's a matter of just get a little more comfortable and, uh, you know, surprise uh, your husband or have your husband buy, um, you know, buy a, a spot in one of our clinics. So uh, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So but don't go out there and try to learn with him and don't use his old secondhand clubs. Make sure you get clubs yeah. that are 
are perfect for you. And, uh, you know, take a few lessons and put earplugs in when he tries to tell you what to do. (laughs) I think that's the best answer I've ever heard. (laughs) Thank you, Jane. Uh, Cindy, go ahead. I would say to duct tape his mouth, but um... (laughs) (laughs) he'll find a way to rip it off. They can't can't Uh... help themselves. (laughs) That is so true. What is the biggest, best compliment comment that you have heard in all your years of playing, of producing events, and helping deliver this game to thousands of people? Hmm. Um, boy, I just, I, I've heard this comment a few times and that you have changed my life both personally and professionally. Um, I have more time with my family, and I took your advice, and I joined in our, you know, company outing. I was paired with the CEO of the company because he felt it was important to encourage women. So I think having someone say that you've changed their their lives um, and another, I have to tell you another, uh, there are two other compliments that aren't related to our clinics, but I will never forget them. Uh, one was from Mickey Wright, with whom I was paired when I was winning the uh, the first dinosaur. And she said, you know, anyone can win hitting the ball well, but takes a true champion winning when you're not. <laughs> so obviously I wasn't <laughs> playing my best golf, but I will never forget that one. So I, I think it was a, a major compliment. Uh, the other was years ago in St. Petersburg, George Zaharias, you know, wife of, of mm-hmm. the babe, uh, followed me. And he said, uh, you know, the babe would have loved you. She loves your style of play, competitiveness, and I wish you all had met. So that's that's one mm. compliment I will never, never wow. forget. <laughs> yeah. So, so two different, you know, different. Yeah, let's talk about the one where... Uh, Mickey Wright, I try to tell everyone I teach, she or he who missed it best without getting ticked off wins. (laughs) So it's so true that I, and I got to tell you, of course, such a brat, but you all know that. The audience probably knows it by now, too. I was playing in a Legends Tour event with someone who couldn't see, and they were legally blind. And I, she beat me. And, of course, I'm such a brat. I'm in the car on the way home. And you can imagine what I was saying to Alan. Alan was caddying for me. My husband played on tour for a long time and knows what the heck he's doing with a golf club. And so I, I was like, I can't believe she can't even see. And she beat me. And he's driving the car. He turns his head over and looks at me, and he goes, she misses it better than you. That's all. And then he went back and looked at the road. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wanted to punch him out. But he was so right. So it's like he or she who missed it best without getting, quit trying to be so perfect and knock the flag down and just get it up there. So tell us about how we can learn to do that. <laughs> we know it's interesting because I, as I analyze my, let's say, 20-year career, on the mornings when I would hit the ball really pure on the range, hit it the best, 
I won very few tournaments. It's those days when I struggled a little bit because it forced me to think my way around the golf course more and to play within myself. Uh, and you're, you lower your expectations. So, you know, there's a watch out for those that are injured or sick because you don't expect so much and you free will it. So um, it's um, my strength was kind of uh, managing my game. You know, I certainly, I probably was an average driver um, of the ball distance-wise, um, but I could, um, I hit very pure iron shots. And as you know, I could get it up and down. Uh, I could chip and yeah. putt. Um, mm-hmm. And because I because I thought I could chip and putt, I could chip and putt. <laughs> I always think I'm going to make every putt I look at. So I think it's uh, you know it, it's it's attitude, and um, just again not expecting to be absolutely perfect. Just uh, you know play within yourself. Don't try to hit as far as the person you're playing with. Um, if you're in a match and you're losing, just hang around. Just kind of keep playing your game and don't force it. Perfect. Thank some, you. Some great ad- Ted. Yeah, some great advice. Yeah. Um, Cindy, I think you had a missed opportunity there. I think you should have turned back to Alan and said, "Well, you catted for me." Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I'm the one playing the club. <laughs> and I have never to forget who's holding the club, dear. Never. Forget. I know. It's all about accountability. Yeah, but and Alan is one is one husband that we're not going to take this mouth. <laughs> no, <laughs> because no, whatever he says, whatever he says is good and accurate. <laughs> True. Well said. Um, what would you like to see, um, Jane, moving forward in women's golf? Um, whether it be at the tournament level or even just golf in general, what would you like to see happen moving forward? As far as tournament golf, I'd like to see uh, equal prize money, you know, like in tennis. Mm-hmm. And I think it was mm-hmm. a big move. AIG stepped up, you know, at the British uh, Open. And it's mm-hmm. their increase of the purse was remarkable. And it's their goal, I know, to become uh, equal. Um, mm-hmm. And on the other level, I'd like to see on the, you know, kind of ordinary person level. Um, right. I'd like Amateurs, to see, yeah. Uh, no no, no barriers, no restrictions at clubs with tea times, certainly with grill mm-hmm. rooms. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see equality on every single level from, you know, from the uh, Daniel Kangs and Lexi Thompsons and uh, all the way down to the, the 40 handicapper. Yeah, I think that would be... Uh, definitely something that, um, and and I think we're going to start seeing that. I think, and you know, going back to what I said earlier, with um, you know, a lot of the millennials, particularly, and and the next generations coming in, they're really pushing for that. And I think that they're going to help. Moment, you know, I, I didn't know this until recently, but I was doing a little bit of research on, you know, we hear the baby boomers, we hear the the Gen Zs and the millennials and all that, and the millennials now have actually in population have actually surpassed the baby boomers. Uh, baby boomers are now about roughly 70 million here in the United States. Um, millennials are now 72. Uh, and six and a half million of them 
actually uh, play the game. So there's definitely a movement happening, and I think we're going to see, uh, particularly in women's golf, as it becomes more and more exciting, and it is every year, I think we're going to see a lot of those barriers start to come down, and I think a lot quicker than what people yep. uh, probably anticipate. So um, I'm, I'm right behind you on that. I couldn't agree more, and, and that's why you know Cindy and I enjoy doing this show so much. We're going to do our little part here, uh, and Cindy does a big part, of course, out in her clinics, but... Um, um, we uh, we thank you for all that you do. And I want to make one final note. I was on your website, uh, janeblaylocklpj.com, uh, and I saw a, a um, an artist's rendition of you, and I'm, I'm going to mess up his name. <laughs> uh, is it Leroy Neiman? Leroy, Leroy Neiman, yes. It is. Okay. Um, yeah, tell us about that. That's uh, I don't know if you've seen that yet, Cindy, but... Uh, uh, Jane's sporting some uh, shorties and uh, and a nice top, and she's in, in a striking a pose uh, on on uh, on the golf course here. Tell us a little bit about the painting. Yes. So that was one of the greatest things. Um, Leroy Neiman was a renowned. Uh, he passed away a few years ago now. Uh, you know, oh. artist, uh, very mm-hmm. colorful. And I actually had a dinner. Um, was at a special dinner in New York, and he was seated at my table. And I had acquired maybe a half a dozen of his paintings, and I told him that. And then we're sitting at the table, he makes a little sketch of me and gives it to me. And he said, I would love to paint you. Uh, so I actually have the original uh, <laughs> sitting here in my, in my you know, condominium. I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts now. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's quite valuable having, a, you know, large original oil from Leroy Neiman. And wow. uh, mm-hmm. so it's yeah that was uh, th- that's pretty cool. So he then he I also made up he had some he made up some posters and signed them for me, which I gave to a few of my my close friends. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. Well, I don't know, uh, Cindy, if if you obviously haven't probably had a chance to see it yet, and I say this respectfully, um, but Jane, you got some legs. Let me tell you, this pit this picture. <laughs> You've got some legs, I'm telling you. Well, you know, I have to say that now you know, people say, oh, no, I said, oh, my shorts weren't that short. So anyone that sees that picture knows I'm lying. Well, it's I caused I made a few waves when I was wearing my shorter shorts uh, early on in the, in the early 70s. So uh, but uh-huh. it was uh, it was fun. Yeah, it's a great uh, a great painting, and and uh, um, certainly it's a blessing for you to be able to have that and and get it by such an accomplished artist. But um, yeah. Jane, Jane, we want to thank you for for joining us, and uh, it's it's been far too long uh, since you've been on the show. But I know you're busy doing a lot of different stuff. But we hope you come back and join us again um, on a future show as well. We love having you. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I love talking about our women's PGA clinic. So uh, have everyone look, go to our website. They can see the schedule the rest of the year. We've got a few coming up on the East Coast. So um, um, we'd love to have uh, more participants. Sounds good. Well, Jane, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf. And uh, have a great rest of your day and keep doing all the great work that you're doing. We really appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much. It's a privilege to be with you all. Thanks, Jane. I'll see you soon. Okay. All right, Jane Blaylock, uh, former LPGA Tour player. Boy, she is 
just like you, Cindy, a hard worker, just loves to get out there and give back to the game and just do so many things and um, just a, a great, uh, a, a great, um, a great woman in in a, a game that uh, we all love. Yeah, she does. She's amazing. She's really, really good. That's, you know, the part mm-hmm. of it that if you don't follow history, and so many of these young kids don't really follow history. I mean, how mm-hmm. many cuts did she make in a row? 299? I mean, that's yep, unheard 299. No she... one does that. Yeah. No. No. And no I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, she won 27 times, uh, which is certainly nothing to sneeze at. But um, yeah, I mean, two, that, that's incredible. Um, that's a, an incredible record because that, even by today's standards, that's unheard of uh, for anybody to be able to do that. So for her to go out and do that and and make um, just one shy of 300 uh, cuts in a row, that's inc- that, that's a that's a champion right there. Uh, even if she hadn't won the right. 27 tournaments, that's a champion, right? That, yeah, in, incredible. Um, all right, Cindy, we've got to cut it uh, off. We're uh, at our deadline, but uh, we want to thank everybody for, for joining us uh, uh, this morning here, listening to the Women of Golf. Again, a special thanks to both of our guests, uh, Fatima Fernandez-Cano uh, uh, from the uh, Symmetra Tour. Uh, good luck, young lady. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, former LPGA Tour professional, Jane Blaylock, uh, much continued success in your venue as well. On that note, I'm Ted Rodrigo, and uh, Cindy and I are going to see you next week right here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Yep. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.